going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football home over at fakepigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You already follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's up, Kyle? How's it going today? Uh, not too bad. Uh, we're recording this on a early Sunday out here on the West Coast, so uh, hopefully we can shake off some of those cobwebs from from the weekend, and, and there's lots to get into. Um, but before we jump in, I did want to say we are in the process of relaunching the Angle of Pursuit. So we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on wherever you get your podcast. But it's under a new feed. So obviously, if you're listening uh, and you're not already subscribed, please do that. Please subscribe, please rate, please review. Uh, five stars. It really does go a long way to help us. Also, tell anybody you know who's interested in fantasy football to check out our podcast. If you want to hide us from your league mates, that is understandable. But I know you know people who aren't in your fantasy league, so make sure you spread the word of the Angle of Pursuit. Get our uh, our podcast in the earbuds of uh, all of your buddies, your families, your friends, everybody. Uh, so check that out. But Brian, we are lucky today. We have a special guest to help us break down all of these running rookie running backs. Uh, you read her over at uh, thefantasyfootballers.com. You see her all over Twitter and Facebook. It's Stepmom Lauren. What's up, Lauren? Hey, guys. I know. I'm just, I'm prolific. I'm everywhere. I can't, I can't <laughs> stop myself. I'm just floating all around the social media verse. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Of course, uh, happy to have you. Obviously, we're trying to hold on to your meteoric rise throughout the uh, fantasy football industry. You're just shooting off like a like a rocket. And we're I don't know how it's on. happening. It's very odd, but I like it. I like it. I like telling people what to do. That's why I'm yeah. so good at that. Yeah, well, I mean, we obviously saw before the podcast uh, some of that in action. So we're we're happy to have you. Yes. We're happy to have you break it all down. And uh, there's so much to get into. So let's just do that. And let's start with some of these rookie running backs. And we'll start out here on the West Coast, uh, just down the highway for me. It's Josh Jacobs, the first overall running back taken in the fantasy football, in in regular uh, football drafts, probably the top rookie drafted um, in most of your redraft leagues. Uh, Lauren, I'll let you take the floor. Where are you at with Josh Jacobs and, and kind of his potential this year in Oakland? I really like him. You know, the thing about Josh Jacobs is that this is going to be this bell cow role for him. It's going to be his job to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else do we have, you know, does he have on that squad? You've got Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, and, you know, the Doug, Doug Martin. He's still playing football. Like, what is going on? Yeah. He's, I don't still, think he's, he's still, still around. I don't think he's so mighty anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good old Dougie Fresh ain't so fresh no more, but that's all right. <laughs> So, yeah, he does – this is his job to lose. I mean, in his senior year, he had 120 attempts, 640 yards, 11 touchdowns with Alabama. I mean, the man's a beast. So if he can stay healthy and he can, you know, prove himself to be reliable and to, you know, have production, you're looking at a, you're looking at a solid rookie running back coming in. Um, he's a little expensive already. He's, uh, according to Fantasy Football Calculator and half PPR, he's going at the end of the third round. Uh, but that's still pretty good. So if you're in your draft somewhere, especially towards the end, and you want to go like stud wide receiver, wide receiver, you have a chance to pick up, pick him up in the third round. That's something you want to go for. But um, yeah, I, I like him. I like him a lot. We'll see what he does. And what I'm surprised about is that he's not like 85 years old. So yeah. I don't know if Gruden is actually going to play <laughs> him or not until he turns like 76. So we'll see. 
Yeah, he's got to get his AARP <laughs> card before he can uh, get exactly. on the Exactly. He has to get those discounts, man, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you in the excitement. And I, I, at first, I was a little pessimistic. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. John Gruden drafting a running back in the first round in a league that does not do that anymore, unless their name is like Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm kind of on board. I was looking actually down some historical information um, for Gruden and, you know, Cadillac Williams was a rookie running back that John Gruden drafted, was really excited about, took early. He had 290 carries, almost 1,200 yards, and six touchdowns in his rookie season. Uh, that was way back in 2005, so probably when uh, when, when Doug Martin was, was in the league or whoever uh, the Raiders will actually start at running back. But I'm really excited about where he can be. And um, like you mentioned, Lauren, as someone who traditionally leans receiver heavy, I like the idea of taking Kelsey early. Um, if I do mm-hmm. that, if I do that approach in the third uh, or fourth round, if I can get uh, Josh Jacobs, I think I'm going to be doing backflips as a guy who I expect to get 250 plus carries and uh, be really effective. But Brian, I guess for a guy that you know, Alabama running backs are always interesting because they're so talented and they they have so many of them that no one guy ever gets like a, a tremendous volume. Do you think? Uh, Jacobs should get that volume early and I guess you know do you have concerns that maybe he can't hold up to that um during his time this rookie season I mean if you look at the history of John Gruden he's he's always seemed to pick one guy and just ride them the entire season may it be Tyrone Wheatley or Charlie Garner I mean he's had he's had running backs with less talent than Josh Jacobs and let them carry the ball so I could see Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. being that bell cow all season. And like you were saying, if you like to go Travis Kelsey and a receiver, getting a guy who could be potentially handling the rock 15 to 20 times at minimum every week as your first running back, that's tremendous value. Yeah. And, and for a Raiders team that, you know, they cut Chris Warren today, uh, Doug Martin's obviously there and he's kind of an insurance policy after the Isaiah Crowell injury. Um, there's nobody there that really scares you. And, you know, Gruden's shown the ability, like you mentioned, Brian, uh, to be able to, you know, trust trust one guy to, to, to shoulder most of the load. And obviously if injuries happen, then, you know, we've seen more of a balance, but he tends to lean on one person and, and just kind of go from there. Um, I, you know, this is an offense that definitely has upside, obviously adding Antonio Brown, uh, should help the passing game, adding Tyrell Williams, Brian, who we talked about. Uh, we're both excited about, um, you know, now it is good pass catchers. Dan Waller's there. So this could be an offense that moves the ball a little bit better. And if there's some questions on the defensive side, I think that only helps uh, Jacobs and, and potentially, you know, being on the field more to, to make some plays. Uh, let's transition. Let's head out to the East Coast and let's talk about the Eagles. Lauren, there's a million and a half running backs out there. Obviously, Miles Sanders is the one that we want to jump in on, but Jordan Howard's there. Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles came back on a one-year deal. Uh, Josh Adams is still lingering. Like, What are you doing with this backfield? And um, I guess what is Miles Sanders' potential to kind of be the guy in your opinion? I am staying as far away from the Eagles running game as humanly possible. Like I'm not even thinking about going near it. There's just, like you said, there's just too many mouths to feed. It's almost as bad as the San Francisco 49ers. You know what I mean? So who, who's, who's going to get the rock? I mean, we don't know because they're going to spread it out. That's how Doug Peterson likes to do it. They're really good at it. So for real football, 
It's awesome. For fantasy football, it absolutely sucks. Sorry, Miles Sanders. I know you're you're great. That's awesome. But you're going in, what, the middle towards the end of the seventh round for Miles Sanders. Yeah. And like you said, there's just it there's too many mouths to feed and I don't know. And plus Jordan Howard's there. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's going to be someone that's gonna be featured, it's probably gonna be Jordan Howard over Sanders. That's that's my view of it. So I'm staying as far away as I can. But at his ADP at the seven oh eight ish spot, you can get Latavius Murray. He has definite fantasy upside in my opinion on the Saints now with Kamara as that pass catching role and he's going to be you know the line of scrimmage guy taking over for Mark Ingram I'd much rather have Latavius Murray than wasted on Miles Sanders and then be pulling my hair out and angry every Sunday because I'm like why wasn't it Miles Sanders in the end zone why I'm just going to avoid it I'm going to avoid it I don't need the drama I don't need the headache I I don't feel like it Brian, do you feel like there's upside here? Do you think there's an opportunity where Sanders could run away with it? Obviously, uh, like Lauren mentioned, if you're taking, you know, you're you're looking at a running back in, you know, the 80s, 90s, um, and and you're like, oh, Latavius Murray's there. I know what his role is. I know he could be six, seven touchdowns and kind of that Mark Ingram role. Or do you want to go, I'm taking Miles Sanders, I'm shooting for the upside, and uh, even if I'm frustrated each and every week, I know the potential for him to be the guy is there, even though Doug Peterson, you know, likes to spread the love around. I'm sitting in the same car with Lauren on this one. I, I'm avoiding all Philadelphia Eagles running backs. Just like, just, yes, yes. Honk, honk. just like Let's she, go. just like she said, <laughs> there's just too many guys back there. And Doug Peterson has never really shown the ability to pick, to pick a guy. I mean, last year, for instance, we had, Wendell Smallwood carrying a load for two weeks. He was a hot waiver wire pick. And then Corey Clement would then show up and get 10 to 15 touches while Smallwood was put on the back burner. So, And then Josh Adam emerged and yes. he became something of a thing the, for two yeah, weeks. It's, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. You, know? you don't. I don't have a crystal I mean, ball, do you? Sanders, I feel like, could be the most athletically gifted one of all these guys. But uh, you don't know if they're going to commit to using him. I, I will say the only thing that Miles Sanders has going for him is uh, he was picked with the same exact selection that Philadelphia used on LaShawn McCoy way back when. So if we're trying to read tea leaves and compare two things, I think that's really the only thing that is benefiting Sanders at the moment. Yeah, I just for me, he's I, I just have so much belief in him as a player. I think the talent is there. I think he has the ability to be a full three down back. And I wonder if part of the reason why Doug Peterson has kind of had to mix and manage and, and choose different guys is because the guys that he's had, he's never had a guy who could be the you know, be the guy he's had to kind of make, make it work and he had to okay josh adams is more of a downhill runner uh between the tackles guy and then i oh, I need a pass catcher so uh oh sproles is hurt so let me use Corey clement and you know let me mix in a few guys and obviously bringing in jordan howard kind of throws a wrench into everything so you guys are probably right this is probably just avoid 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 um but part of me is like miles sanders as somebody who likes to wait on running backs um, if, if I'm taking shots as a guy who can carry the load, a guy who can be, um, you know, a top 15 ish type running back, I think Miles Sanders absolutely fits in that category. And if you're getting him eighth, ninth, 10th round, um, I think you're doing backflips. Um, if he becomes the guy. 
Oh, you're very acrobatic. I'm very right? acrobatic. It, it, it's all always- very acrobatic. Well, you know, and th- that's a good point, though. But I go the opposite way. So Jordan Howard is actually going after him in, um, according to Fantasy Football Calculator and half PPR. Do you like how I just slide that in? Like I sound really <laughs> professional. Um, yeah, he's actually going after. So if if I were forced to take a running back in this offense, which I really hope I'm not, I would actually rather take Jordan Howard just because. I know a little bit more about him. I don't really generally have a lot of faith in rookies anyway. But see, now that I say this, I'm wondering if I should just completely redo my game plan here because Kyle and I are in a league. Oh, no. And I want to win. So I might just try to trick everyone just to trick <laughs> Kyle. I love Jordan Howard. I'm taking him first overall. I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh. I'm totally not. Jordan Howard is actually one of my guys to run far away from with the same issues that Miles Sanders has. And I would actually prefer to have Sanders over Howard just with Howard's limited, whatever, limited passing game involvement. But, but when looking in the, in the range of those guys, like I would much rather wait an extra round or two and go after like an Edo Smith or even a Dion Lewis in Tennessee, because like Derek Henry, I, yeah, he exploded last year, but I'm not buying the fact that he's going to be an elite running back. So when it comes to Sanders as being a guy, I'm I'm avoiding them completely. Yeah. Well, you can only be an elite running back if you don't go to training camp and request more money. That's like the thing. That makes you elite. So he hasn't yeah. done that yet, so he's still okay, not okay. really good yeah. enough. Yeah, he, if he could just take the whole season off, that would be wonderful. If he just wants that, to w- that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Deion Lewis too, especially in PPR. Yeah, I like Deion I think, Lewis a lot. I think there's potential, and obviously uh, Henry's already in a walking boot, so um, we'll, we'll see how that situation emerges. Um, there we go, another to, Bama back. Let's head to let's head to Chicago <laughs> and talk about another running back uh, trio of uh, that are you know kind of pe- going to have people scratching their heads. There's a little more clarity in this backfield, but uh, David Montgomery, a running back out of Ohio- Iowa State, a guy I've been a big fan of, um, I think has a ton of potential and is a big part of the reason why Jordan Howard is now in Philadelphia. Obviously, Tariq Cohen's there. They also brought in Mike Davis. Uh, Lauren, what's your read on this situation? Do, you know, are we looking at another messy backfield to avoid, or do you think there's some fantasy goodness to pull out of this? I think there's some pretty good fantasy football goodness. You know, hopefully, cross your fingers. I think there is something that you can take out of this. I really like David Montgomery. Um, he has that opportunity now. Speaking of Jordan Howard, you know who's gone. Um, so there's this open, there's this opening for him. You know, Tariq Cohen has not been that bell cow line of scrimmage guy. He's in the passing game. So if you are in a PPR league, you I would recommend targeting Tariq Cohen. I mean, last year he had 91 targets. That was only eight attempts short of his 99 rushing attempts. So he had 99 rushing attempts, 91 targets for 71 receptions, 725 yards, and five passing touchdowns, whereas he only had three rushing touchdowns. He has a clear identity in this offense. And uh, David Montgomery fills in that Jordan Howard role. Hopefully his hands are a little bit better than like knobs and he can catch the ball every once in a while. That would be helpful. Um, But yeah, I, I like him. He's still a little expensive for me, though, at 403. 
I'm not sure, but he is one of the guys I'd be willing to take a stab at um, for for that upside. Um, I do like him. I think he's he, he fits in this offense. And then Mike Davis is going to be around to do what he did in Seattle, which is annoy everybody and sniper <laughs> touchdowns. And we're like throwing our hands up saying, wow, that helps no one. Thanks, Mike Davis. Go retire. Yeah, as somebody who, who's been watching him from San Francisco – uh, I'm a little more. I'm. A, I think. I think last year was kind of the admiration, and I think this year will. He'll kind of re- be that. Okay, if the, anything goes wrong with Montgomery, or we need a handful of carries here or there, Davis will step in. But I think he'll be a little more out of the picture this year. So I, I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, Seattle has solidified themselves as like a run, 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 then run some more team, and they really want to run him yes. so much <laughs> that they got rid of him. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, he's just going to annoy people by being on the field. Brian, are you are you optimistic like Lauren and I on Montgomery and, and his potential in Chicago? Oh, just say yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say okay. for sure. I mean, getting plugged in, getting plugged <laughs> into that Jordan Howard role. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to be getting out of him. He's going to he's going to come close to double digit touchdowns and he's probably going to be utilized more in the passing game than Howard was. So I think the upside is definitely there for Montgomery. And Mike Davis will be an afterthought. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. I'm looking on Fantasy Pros right now. Uh, Montgomery's going 51st overall, 23rd uh, among running backs. Jacobs is going 20th overall among running backs, 40th overall. Um, this is in half-point scoring. Lauren, if you're on the clock in the fourth round, uh, both David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs are there. You're going to go running back. Which one are you taking? Josh Jacobs, without a doubt. Brian, are you are you taking Josh Jacobs? Uh, I would probably lean David Montgomery, knowing that the offense is just a little more advanced as far as like being able to put points on the board. I I mean, this is kind of sad to say, but I have more trust in Mitch Trubisky than Derek Carr. So I would yeah. take, <laughs> I would take the, I would take the guy. I see. <laughs> I would take the guy on the offense that I feel is going to perform better on a more consistent basis. I also like a, a coach in, in Matt Nagy versus one that stuck in 1998 than like John Gruden. You know, the 90s were, were a good, you know, genre. All right, let's let's give him that. But another reason I like Josh Jacobs for the same reasons you guys are pointing out, well, I guess along the similar lines, is I like Antonio Brown in that offense too to be able to stretch the field with Tyrell Williams as well. So there's going to be a lot of space that's being created by these you know, talented wide receivers that are going to give Josh Jacobs a chance to run the ball. So I like that idea of having it be um, more balanced, um, if you will, because you can't really have a good run game without a good passing game and vice versa. So that's why I do like Josh Jacobs in, in Oakland is because I like the other weapons that are around him as is his supporting cast. Totally, totally. I, I, yeah, that's I'm a, with you there. That's agreeable. It's in a perfect point. You are welcome. <laughs> I also world. like uh, the fact that if Josh Jacobs struggles a little bit early, um, he'll probably continue to get the carries, where if David Montgomery looks like he's struggling or having pass-blocking issues, then we'll, we'll see Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen get uh, more snaps here and there, um, and that could that could make yeah. Montgomery 10 to 15 touches instead of 20 touches, uh, which could be a huge deal, um, you know, in, in terms of taking off and, and being the guy. Oh. Just to intervene on that uh, right there. Wasn't Mac, Matt Nagy the offensive coordinator with Kansas City when Kareem Hunt was a rookie? He was, yes. And, uh, I mean, true. we saw what he did. His first, his first carry, didn't he fumble it? 
or it's like yeah yeah his first couple carries were fumbles and I mean they stuck with him so I'm not as worried about the rookie the rookie yips under Nagy as some yeah yeah that's fair but also yeah and part of that was Andy Reid too and Andy Reid has a lot of faith in those young guys he really wants to try to help develop them and then as soon as you start getting really good and fantasy GMs are like oh this is an easy plug and play then Andy Reid will be like, oh, yeah, who? I don't have any running backs. What are you talking no, about he'll, for three weeks? And then we'll all be He'll like, just resign Spencer Ware and, and bring him back up to fantasy relevance. Yeah, jeez. Oh, no. Uh, Brian, let's, let's no, head up no. the freeway from you and, and go up to Los Angeles and talk about this Rams backfield because <laughs> there's a lot to get into. Todd Gurley, for arguably two of the past three seasons, maybe even three, was like the running back, was incredible. Last year, he was winning leagues for people, even though he ended up getting hurt towards the end and, and not finishing the season. Um, but now we're, t- you know, obviously the fact that the Rams were in the playoffs, we didn't see him throughout the playoffs. We didn't really see him in the Super Bowl. Now, now that the Todd Gurley shine is gone, everyone's, you know, are unsure if they're going to take him. He's kind of going in that second, third round range for a guy that was the number one RB. It's, it, it's kind of baffling. Um, they obviously took brought in Darrell Henderson, who we'll talk about here in a second, but uh, Lauren, what are you doing with this situation? Are, are you, are you just out on Gurley or do you think there's some potential there or w- what are you doing? Well, let me tell you how hath no fury like a woman scorned so being from st louis and likewise being a woman i got lots to say about this backfield no i'm just kidding (laughs) i am really bitter though can you tell um i do i like i like darrell henderson so i think that he is a must own for your league whether you're a girly owner or not and part of that is because he's such an athletic beast the other part of that is pure strategy because if todd Gurley ends up going down if he gets that you know lightened workload that we're all kind of anticipating that he'll get, the girly owner is going to be like groveling at your feet, begging for Daryl Henderson, and you can probably get some awesome stuff to trade away Daryl Henderson if you feel like it. But like I said before, the first thing with Daryl, Daryl, whatever, DH we'll call him because I don't know how to say his name. He is a freaking beast. In college last year, he had 214 rush attempts, but he had almost 2,000 yards was 1,909 yards and 22 touchdowns. The man is talented. He is an excellent running back, and I honestly think that Sean McVay is going to get him involved in the offense, uh, whether or not Gurley's in or not. I, I really think that he is going to be a dynamic addition to this team, and I don't think it's going to rely solely on um, Todd Gurley going down. I think that's what Malcolm Brown's role is going to be. Um, he he is pretty pretty sexy for a team if you ask me and he's going in the beginning of the seventh round which is yeah. An awesome value yeah uh too. brian i guess what what's your read because we were you know we were both talking about todd Gurley could be a league winner uh but he could also be a guy that uh completely sinks your team or if he's in some sort of timeshare i mean even if, if it's i mean i guess with the way the the running back model's going obviously he's not gonna get the volume but if he's seventy percent or eighty percent of what he was a season ago, um, that's still someone to be pretty excited about in round two, right? Oh yeah, just like you said, we spoke to this before we started recording. Uh, I I love Todd Gurley at his current price. I mean, getting a guy that that could potentially be a league winner, like you said, in the second round is almost unheard of. 
As far as Daryl Henderson goes, I'm not as excited for him. I mean, I think if if you've already loaded, if you've already picked your first running back and you're looking for a second running back, I don't think he's really the guy for you at that at that price because he's not really going to. But don't you want to see the look on the girly owner's face when you take Daryl Henderson so, like around before he does? That would be priceless. So I think so that was going to be my next point. However, if you're coming up and you know that the girly owner has loaded up with two running backs and you know that somebody is going to be having to take him with the worry of girly going down, I do think he is a good pick for, as you said, strategery in your fantasy drafts. We are so ruthless, and I love it. <laughs> I guess, but if we, if we assume, okay, if girly goes down, we assume Malcolm Brown gets some of that volume, so Henderson's probably going to be in a timeshare no matter what he's doing, where you could take Darius Geis, you could take the aforementioned Miles Sanders, Latavius Murray, uh, you could take um, who else? I'm, I'm looking Yeah, that would be a tough one, just to speak right to now. what you're talking about right now, between because I do like Latavius Murray a lot, but that would be a hard decision whether or not to take Daryl Henderson or Latavius Murray, because even though he may be, let's say, obviously this is all hypothetical, but if he is in some kind of a timeshare with Malcolm Brown and, and Todd Gurley's out, I just think that Henderson is more talented and I think he's way more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his yards after contact are ridiculous. I don't have them in front of me right now. But he's explosive and he can make plays, and I think he's better than Malcolm Brown. So I think he's going to be getting better production because of that. I think it's definitely determined on your, your roster construction up until that point where Henderson becomes available. Sure. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. If you can be a little more patient, if you can see if he pops um, and, and you have locked and loaded RB1, RB2, then yeah, it makes a lot more sense. If you're a little more patient and you're shooting for guys that have more upside, uh, maybe you're going, okay, I need a guy who I can play in the first couple of weeks. So maybe Latavius makes more, Latavius makes more sense at that point. Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally, yeah, I think it, it's it's very... Uh, roster construction dependent and when you're drafting dependent uh, to figure out when you when you take him or if you take him um, but yeah I think I think there is value to be had um, but I also so if you guys draft Todd Gurley is Henderson a must draft I think um, this is this is tough I think that's a personal opinion I heard a quote one time that said if you want to win your league draft someone else's handcuff yeah. not necessarily your own yeah. um, I think that he should be on your roster no matter what. That's how much I like him going into this year. Um, not too expensive, though, but some people are going to want to reach for him. I've seen him go off the board as high as the fifth round, um, and right now his current ADP wow. is at the beginning of the seventh. So it's it's really going to depend on your own thing. I want to take him, and I want to sit him on my bench and never play him and just watch the girly owner Get so mad at me every single week. Dude, you're not even using him. He's on your bench. He's trading with me. I'm like, no. No. I love I'm mean. Well, I'll give you my backup. I'll give you my back I'll give you my backup kicker. Yeah, it's I know. Fine. It'd be so great with a great deal, man. Uh, I, yeah, whatever. I'm so mean. I, Look, I'm so salty this morning. I, Must have been all that Tito's last night. Sorry, guys. I love that tactic. Until Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley of last year at Henderson's nothing and then you're cutting him in week five because he, you need to make room for someone yeah with see i have weeks, a so. i have a one league that has a super duper huge bench so we never trade ever yeah. 
So like this person just will be sitting on my bench and it, it's going to be fabulous. We've gotten into so many fights in this league because nobody ever trades. And like literally one of my friends who actually won the league last year, he had like three dudes on his roster. He never once played and they were good. I can't remember who they were, but yeah, he was a jerk. Like at least cut him, put him in the waiver wire. Let us all duke it out. You know, like, come on. Kevin. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Totally. Uh, let's talk about a bunch of, I'm going to skip, we're going to run through some other names, uh, of guys that may have some value guys that could pop. Um, and let's start in new England, obviously the backfield that no one ever can figure out. As soon as we think we have it figured out, uh, Bill Belichick likes to throw a wrench in a curveball and play Jonas gray or play, you know, whoever. Uh, but Damian Harris is a guy that's definitely getting some buzz. Obviously Sony Michelle is a guy who at Georgia had, um, lower body injuries at his time with New England had some injury issues. Uh, Brian, is Damian Harris somebody you're interested in in taking a flyer on uh, in your upcoming fantasy drafts? Absolutely not. Bill Belichick hates rookies, and there you know he's going to rely on Rex Burkhead, James White, and as long as Sony Mich- exactly, and as long as Sony Michelle is there, like I I doubt he sees the field. At all. Yeah, and we, there's also James White, too, yep. who is a beast in the passing game. Um, he had way more passing mm. touchdowns than he did rushing touchdowns. I had the numbers for something that I did. I can't remember what it was. I'm doing too much stuff now. I can't even remember my own name. Sorry, everybody. But, yeah, I like James White in that offense, if anything. I'm staying away from Damian Harris. I'm staying away from Sony Michelle. And if I have to, I'll take I'll take James White. But I, I'd rather not. It's very, you know, Bill Belichickian, and I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, there there will be a week in D where I use him in DFS and he goes off and has three Perfect. touchdowns. But uh, in in, ter- in terms of redraft, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, let's head up to Buffalo because I think there is some fantasy value to be garnered here. Uh, and talk about Devin Singletary. I heart him. Um, yes. Uh, getting for get, he was over getting in like the Serbian team. war zone between the two of you. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian lives on a on an airfield, so uh, uh, okay. planes are cool. You have like your bomb shelter set up and everything. We don't want to lose you right now. <laughs> yes, podcast. I'm okay. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So Singletary is getting first team reps. Uh, Lashawn McCoy is there's talks that he's going to get cut. Uh, he'll probably go back to the Eagles to to add. Oh my god! If that happens, another... I will be so happy. Just for Eagles fans, I will be so happy, but not as a fantasy person because we don't need any more running backs on the Eagles. Continue. Well, if they have six, what's what's the difference yeah, between seven and eight? They're going to cut Bring Josh Jay Adams. So. Back. Um, they also uh, brought in Frank Gore, which is uh, interesting, and TJ Yeldon, who should be the passing down, third down kind of type guy. But, uh, Lawrence, since you're excited about Singletary, talk to me about what, what you're so excited about for him. I just love, like, these guys coming from small schools and making a splash in the NFL. He, he graduated from Florida Atlantic, right? I think that's yes. where he went to college. I love that. Like, I just absolutely love that storyline. And I want him to do well. Um, but here's another here's another team where I th- I'm pretty sure they have all of these running backs to become Josh Allen's offensive line. <laughs> I really think that's why there's like 3,000 running backs on that team so that Josh Allen isn't like, oh, my God, here I go dying again like Kenny from South Park every game because his <laughs> offensive line, like, turns into Swiss cheese. And he is, you know, beaten into the ground like a, you know, the Gopher game at the carnival. Yeah. So um, I, I just like him, and I hope that he emerges. Um, I don't want him to get lost, you know, in that in that offense. I hope he doesn't. But yeah, I, I just saw that news come out too that he's getting a ton of first team reps, and uh, 
you know, they're impressed with him. And I just like that. I, I like that those small school guys just coming into the NFL and taking them by storm. I love it. Yeah. And I think Frank Gore, to your point about the, 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 the future offensive line, uh, Frank Gore's an amazing uh, run blocker, or, pa- or I guess pass blocker. Which amazes me back. that he's not with Oakland, considering he also is like 85 years old. He is, I, I think <laughs> if, the man is he, immortal. If he was, yeah, if he was on Oakland, <laughs> he'd be getting 290 carries and Josh Jacobs would be running the back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'd be so here for it. Uh, Niners. I would love everything. Niners <laughs> fans, not so much, but uh, we're, we're happy to see what <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, mean, I, I think there's definitely potential here. He's a guy that, um, if you're looking for a guy who could emerge and, and be the guy, um, he's going in the end of the 11th round um, after Ido Smith, after Alexander Madison, who we'll, we'll mention here in a minute, Peyton Barber, Carlos Hyde, who, it, you know, the way if Damian Williams is really dealing with a, a hamstring injury, Carlos Hyde stocks probably going to go up about three, four, five rounds, something like that. Uh, but there is there is definitely a lot to like um, Darwin Thompson, Justice Hill. Bryce Love, Miles Gaskin, Alexander Madison, Lauren. Is there any of these guys or a different running rookie running back that we haven't thrown out that you that you want to wax poetic about? Somebody you're really excited about for this year? Nope. <laughs> yep. Uh, straight <laughs> into the point. I mean, I'm excited to see what Justice Hill does. Um, I don't think he's gonna. Ha- I know. Yeah. No. Boo. Boring. Move on. Let's go Blues. Um. I think what's going to be interesting for Justice Hill, because he's also incredibly talented, but he's going up against Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, who is their RB1. So, you know, we'll see how he's going to be able to work in that offense. I mean, other than that, it's rookies. I'm I'm, I'm a Missouri girl, like I said. So I'm so show me. I'm a show me state girl. Like, prove it. You know, I I don't know. I I don't like it. And Miles Gaskin, if he takes away touches from my Kenny and Drake, we're going to have words. I'm going to write an angry letter to Miles Gaskin. And Brian Flores being like, don't make this a thing, okay? If you want to talk about a situation that's about to get real messy, you want to look down at Miami because (laughs) Kenny and Drake. Everything about Miami is messy. (laughs) I live like a couple hours away from there. Trust me, the place is a hot mess except for their cars and their women, which are really nice. Other than that, mm. (laughs) But Kenny and Drake, Miles Gaskin, Kalen Balage, like I feel like there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching and uh, very New England South, and that that could get that could get really interesting. I definitely like Gaskin's uh, upside, um, but yeah, I I have concerns about Kenyon Drake at where he's going. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with Kenyon Drake. I think he has a lot. I mean, and anyone who's read my articles know that I like have Kenyon Drake love. I do like Kalen Balash too, especially you can get him so late. He's going to be that you know I see it shaking out as he's going to be that line from scrimmage guy. Kenyon Drake is finally going to have a chance to, you know, be way more involved in the offense instead of being like reduced to being the water boy under Adam Gase, who is finally gone and with the Jets. I don't know what he did or what Jay Ajayi did when he was on the Dolphins to completely like make Adam Gase hate them with the burning of a thousand suns. But now that he's gone, I think Kenyon Drake is going to have his opportunity. He has to be durable. He's going to have to be productive because Brian Flores and Chad O'Shea are from that Bill Belichickian coaching style, and uh, they they need production, even though I don't think neither of them has ever been an offensive coordinator or a head coach. <laughs> they just have the Patriots' name assigned to them. Therefore, yep. they must walk on water. So yep. we'll see how that whole thing turns out. If you, didn't, if you weren't in the Patriots' coaching tree or – weren't friends with uh sean mcveigh you didn't get a head coaching gig this summer exactly exactly and, and that's it but uh 
Brian, what about you? Is there any of these rookie running backs that we haven't hit on that you're taking flyers at the end of drafts or uh, guys that you think could um, vault into fantasy relevance this season? Games that, that you just previously mentioned, none of them really pique my interest. I mean, the one guy who I'm really interested in is not a rookie. This is going to be his, technically his second year, but that's Darius Geis. We never got to see him last year, but right, like, yeah, exactly. I, I love myself. So Adrian Peterson, he's won me many a fantasy football titles, but he's, he's pretty much past his prime. I know he performed really well last year and the Redskins didn't. Don't you have to be human to play in the NFL? I'm pretty sure Adrian yeah, Peterson I think he's, is a robot. I think he's made of robotic legs. I think so. He's like a bionic man. Well, yeah. I mean, when he when he tore when he tore his ACL, they they replaced him <laughs> adamantium like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. He's like Wolverine uh, of the of the NFL, although definitely not as cute as Hugh Jackman. Uh, but Brian, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you guys yeah, are I, like, I, oh, I don't know what to say to that. We don't really particularly <laughs> think he's very handsome, Lord, but thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman no, doesn't really no. do it for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, Black <laughs> Widow. Let's talk about that one. Not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but Darius Scar- Are you blushing right now? <laughs> Man, she's thrown us off our game here. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I am. My bad. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, God. Okay. Okay, Darius Guys. Darius continue. Guys, already hurt. Darius Guys, continually hurt. Darius Guys, are we sure we want to be on board? I'm in. Nah, I'm out. I, I I don't think that Washington would have traded up to get him last year and then just completely abandoned the idea of making him their feature back. I want nothing to do with Washington. That's that's my problem. I agree there. I know they're going to be running up against a lot of tough defenses. And they're going to be losing every single game. They're gonna be they're they're their own worst enemies. So I mean, I, I'm gonna take a bet on how many times each quarterback actually gets the nod and plays a game. I wouldn't be surprised if they have more than one game when all three quarterbacks play, including Colt McCoy. I have no idea what to do with them. They don't have an offense. They don't have an offensive line. The only person there even worth taking a peek at is Jordan Reed. Other than that, I'm staying as far away as possible because. I'm afraid, like, just by association, I might get some kind of an infection. Because everyone in Washington, <laughs> whenever they have surgery, they get, like, gangrene right afterwards. No, I'm staying away. I'm a little biased because I, I own Geis in a couple leagues in Dynasty. But I, I'm still excited to see sure. what he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I'm just personally out. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, that. the offensive line is very concerning because Dwayne Haskins has upside as a quarterback, but he also needs a protection. But if the offensive if the offensive line is a pure turnstile, um, then it's going to be a mess for, for everyone standing behind them. God, we had to bring up like the two worst teams ever to talk about offensive lines, the Bills and the Redskins. God, barf. There's a reason why we uh, stay away from them for, for offensive, uh, for fantasy purposes, except for maybe Josh Allen and, and Jordan Reed. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lauren, uh, tell everybody where they can read your work, where they can see your Facebook Live, where they can do all that cool stuff. Yeah, thank you. So um, as he mentioned before, I am a writer for the Fantasy Footballers, so you can find my work there. Um, I also put all of my work, including podcasts I've been on, my articles, on my website. I have my own website that I launched. It's very easy. It's stepmomlauren.com. You can find me at Twitter, at stepmomlauren. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash stepmomlauren. You can find me on Instagram, guess what it is, stepmomlauren. 
And obviously, like I said, my website, Stepmom Lauren. Yep. And I, I float around, you know, come say hi. I'm usually a nice person, maybe a little bit sarcastic, but, you know, who doesn't like a, a chuckle or two? Yeah, come say hi. Absolutely, yeah. So give her a follow on Twitter and Facebook and all those. and uh, the Please do. Oh, and I'm on YouTube, too. So I'll be doing YouTube videos also. Just I'm not cool enough to have enough followers to have my own personal URL yet. Mm. So I need more followers. So go ahead and go to YouTube. Google, or not Google search, YouTube search Stepmom Lauren. My channel will pop up. Pretty, pretty, please, please, please follow me. I am not above begging. <laughs> as uh, as the way your Twitter and everything else is going, I'm sure you'll have your own URL here very, very soon. Uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely killing it right now. But uh, Brett, Lauren, we want, definitely want to have you back. We'll have to do this again for sure. But... Absolutely. This was a... This was a Really good time, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Uh, but for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.